game begin. Hi, and welcome to Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I'm your host, Andrew, and joining me today are my fellow dad, Zach. Uh oh, uh oh. Kevin. Money, please. And Trip. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Seriously, though, she is the worst. <laughs> you have no and idea. Then she how ripped the hair from my beehole. <laughs> I will start a fire in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, a couple episodes ago, we went over some of our favorite moments from the now classic TV show, The Office. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. That's so what we spirit, said. So in the spirit of something, we decided to go with part two. Uh, for parks and recreation so we will get to that in just a moment uh but before we treat ourselves on this one anything happened to you guys in dad life this week uh so my son rowan has gotten really into saying the word big and applying it to everything that is okay. remotely bigger than the size of him and Which is everything <laughs> the thing is though is he doesn't just say big he clenches both of his fists and he goes big. Like he's a saying. And that's the only way he that's says right. it. So he'll be like big rock. Big airplane. Big poop. Like he he just says it about that's the only way he that's says big. So good. So does he poop that. every single time he does that? Because the the way it you're doing like the impression, it. it looks like he bears down every, every single it, time. He at least has some warning shots every time. There, there may be some big fragments. <laughs> okay. Train was at least he's at double diapered. Yeah, well, at nighttime. Oh yeah, double diapered. Yeah, we we, yeah. we no more leaking diapers on our. Well, end. speaking of diapers, I had a fun moment this week. So uh, my wife and I went on to vacation, and we put the dog uh, with uh, my wife's parents, and. So we were a couple days without the dog and Theodore really loves the dog, makes him laugh constantly. And so we just showed him a video of the dog that we had on our phones. It's like, oh, this is cute. And he starts laughing like, ha, 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 ha. You know, and all of a sudden that the laugh, he gets really red faced and goes, <laughs> and is completely laughing and pooping at the exact same time. <laughs> It was <laughs> epic. <laughs> oh my goodness. We were laughing. Having for- the last having the last two updates about your son been in regards to bowel movements, because one of them was I about a so. really long fart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kid's man, this kid's digestive system. I it's epic. It's big. <laughs> it's big. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're fathers of, you know, almost toddlers. Most of our lives revolve around poop stories. We're also yes. men, too, territory. and so fart jokes are all yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. like it's going to change when our kids are out of diapers. Yeah, I still talk. All my kids are out of diapers, and I talk about poop all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, speaking of poop, I do have a story as well. Oh, here we go. Oh, segue. Hey, speaking of What did your wife do? What did your wife do? This is all about Molly, the three-year-old. Okay. Oh, I love all this right. girl. <laughs> Our, mo- so, our Monday Molly update. So we are getting her ready for preschool and she has to go potty. So she goes to the bathroom and she's sitting there, you know, pooping, obviously, because this is a poop story. <laughs> and I go in there to check on her and she has some toilet paper and she's cleaning her fingers. Mm. Mm. Oh, no. And I said, Molly, oh, no. Molly, Molly. Oh, no. 
what's on your hands? And she did have peanut butter toast for breakfast that morning. Okay. Okay. And she's like, oh, it's peanut butter, daddy. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. Peanut butter. <laughs> and then I turn around to go deal with another kid. And then she goes, who put peanut butter in my butt? <laughs> <laughs> Like, mom, I'm like, dear Lord, mom. So to have to go in there and like her hands were perfectly like nothing was going on, but she kept going, who put peanut butter in my butt? Like, oh, so gosh. wait, I'm, I'm lost. Did she have peanut butter on her fingers or not? And was I, it smooth I, so, so or, I checked or her, crunchy? So I checked her hands. I checked her hands and they were perfectly clean. They didn't smell at all. So I don't know if she's just messing me, messing with me already at three years old or what, because she's been known to do that. But yeah, it was pretty funny just to hear her yell. Who put poop in my butt? Who put peanut butter in my butt? There are things, there are things that happen in family life that like are funny to you <laughs> and only you as a family. And there are things that just manage to happen in your family that just are going to stick around for the rest of your lives. Randomly, my wife... <laughs> One time I was, I was, I said, we can probably give our daughter peanut butter puffs for Din Din. And she goes, peanut butter puffs for Din Din. <laughs> and it just, she sang it for some reason. And now we just randomly break out into that. I feel like that's going to be, I think, I feel like that's for, that's going to be something for you. For life. And your family that's going to just stick around forever. Who put peanut butter in my butt? <laughs> well, and you know, you're the father of four kids when it actually did cross your mind for a second went, oh my gosh. So when I, no, wait, no, that is ridiculous. That would never happen. But admit it, right. at least for a second, you thought it. this could have happened. Oh, <laughs> I absolutely love that. Well, guys, let's talk some Parks and Rec here. We'll get started on that in just a second. Did you know Daggum Nerds has merch? Well, if you'd like a Daggum Nerds t-shirt, sweater, hoodie, water bottle, sticker, or even a fanny pack to really show off that dad bod, head to daggumnerds.com slash store. It's the perfect way to support the show and rock that dad swag. Again, that's dadgumnerds.com slash store. You'll never know what's in store. So what would you say separates Parks and Rec from The Office? What are some of those discernible characteristics? It's a completely different flavor of comedy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very Um, much so. Yes. Yes and no. They're halfway in the same well, vein. Well, season one, they were trying to be an alternative to The Office by mm-hmm. just being The Office with different characters. The Office, yep. yeah. But, but I think they realized going into season two that they needed to have a different formula to be successful. Otherwise, they were just going to be, oh, remember that show that tried to be The Office? Well, and, and right. to me, because it no didn't better, work. No, right. no better the first personification. No better personification of that change with Mark Brandanowitz leaving the show and we get Chris Traker and Ben, ben. Wyatt. Ben, yeah. yeah. Chris because Traker. Mark Brandanowitz kind of was, they were trying to go for the gym mm-hmm. where it's like the straight man and the crazy office type of it. And it's not, it didn't quite work out. Well, it's like right. the office did it better. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't it, have a problem with him. I, I, I no. certainly prefer Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt, but I yeah. did not have a problem with him per se. I, I think what the problem was is the office is built around Michael Scott. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, once he leaves the show, all right, they had a little bit of momentum, but I mean, it peters off because the tent pole of that whole comedy was the awkwardness and ridiculousness of Michael Scott, right? Mm-hmm. I think right. in season one, they were trying to make it the Amy Poehler slash Leslie Nope show. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the percentage of screen time she has in season one and the beginning mm-hmm. of season two, it's very skewed. Yes. Yeah. But I think once they realized, you know, we've got 
enough strong character arcs that we can branch off. And Leslie Note is obviously going to be an impetus for change and action. But I mean, Tom Haverford has entire episodes where he's most of the action or Ron mm-hmm. Swanson or Andy and April. Like there was just even, so many more characters or even Donna of. and Jerry came into their own. By oh yes. Oh, seasons. Jerry. Oh, it's much Jerry. more we may talk about it later, cast. but Jerry is actually probably my favorite character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, are we talking about Gary or Jerry or Terry? Uh, Larry. <laughs> we will talk about all of them before this podcast is over. <laughs> Gary Gurgic. Jerry Gurgic. God, both are awful. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the doctor to say Jerry had a fart attack. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> um, I, I think also, too, you got your dynamic of characters that obviously it's totally different than The Office, but those mm-hmm. characters mesh together really well, especially the Ron yep. and Leslie dynamic. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That kind of yin and yang opposites attract. Uh, yeah. thing that's going on with them where yeah they're completely on opposite ends of the spectrum but they absolutely work together in an office situation right right yeah, I, yeah so situation. right so the, i <laughs> also they, they leaned into let me to your point zach that they leaned into a different brand of comedy mm-hmm. uh than the office it's much more hopeful and it's much yeah. more optimistic than the yeah, office yeah. like the, the like especially first season office was almost uh nihilistic (laughs) that's like almost like this is a terrible place to work and everybody's miserable and look how funny this is like they're having fun despite their job being awful right or just look at how look how funny it is everybody how uncomfortable everyone is Mm -hmm. um and it's brighter it's it's just a much cheerier show and you know Mm -hmm. leslie is an never ending optimist. Um, she is the energizer I, bunny of yeah. small and government. Even when she, and even <laughs> when the chips are down, like you're still enjoying yourself because you go, there's no way something can end badly in this world. This is, they have little Sebastian. This is, a, this Sebastian. is a town. This had, is a town where little Sebastian. little Sebastian. Thank you. You for watch your mouth. Up. You watch your mouth. This is the podcast. Yeah. We're just, it's just, it's never ending quotes. So what song is 10,000 yeah. times better than Candle in the Wind? 10,000 <laughs> Candles Five, in the Wind. 5,000. 5, but when you talk about humor, what do you think is the difference? Like, I know The Office is kind of like the cringy humor. That's kind of where it lives a lot of times. So for some people like you, Kevin, that absolutely works. It was I awesome. Mean, you're a fan <laughs> of Scott's talk. So yes. Right. Well, see, I, even I, among office fans, there's not a lot of fans of Scott's Tots. <laughs> Listen, right. I love Scott's Tots. I'm sorry. I couldn't be there to help, uh, wave my pom-poms your my awkward pom-poms with you kevin because scott's tots was fun but, but what would you but what would you say is the difference like if you were to define the part everyone is self-aware everybody knows mm. who they are and they are aware of their personality part of michael scott's uh draw if you will is that people are looking at him because he's a he's like me he's a sexist <laughs> he's a sexist yeah. dumpster fire <laughs> he's he's he is the champion sexist dumpster fire lonely champion but no, he he has no idea what's going on around him. He has a completely skewed view of who he is, whereas everybody else is, it leans into their own personalities. I the know other what thing I'm too about, son. with Parks and Rec is in a lot of episodes, they're all working towards the same thing. That's a good point. Whereas yeah. in the office, it's, you know, the mm-hmm. sales, they're salespeople. So they're, they're off doing their own, they're all thing. doing their own separate thing. And accounting's doing their own thing. And they're all sort of doing their own thing. And, no, well, I think you, interspersed, whereas I think, Parks and Rec is more common. 
Well, they're a team, right? They're the Parks <laughs> right. and Rec team. And I also think, Trip, you brought this up in the office, how your favorite moments were when they brought the, the, the human, human yeah. moments. <laughs> yep. Well, really, all of those are relegated to just Jim and Pam. I mean, there's, there's a few where Dwight is involved, a few where Michael is involved, but a majority of the reason you watch for the human moments is Jim and Pam. And Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. that's spread out through the whole crew. Now, a majority of it is between Leslie and Ron. And I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of moments between Leslie and Ron where they have that father-daughter or just mentor-mentee mm-hmm. relationship where I, I legit teared up. Like mm-hmm. when, when Leslie... Uh, torments Ron all day about how she's going to do this blowout birthday for him. That was, and he's so terrified. And then he comes in shaking like, where, where, what's going to pop out? Just get it over with. And she's like, no, Ron, that would be an Ann birthday. I'd throw you a Ron birthday. And she's got a steak exactly. dinner with bridge over the river Kwai the river and Kwai. scotch. And and the credit and the end credits are just him enjoying that meal, watching the movie. I could perfect. watch that on repeat. Yeah, perfect. it is. And, and that's, that's a great example of how like people like, OK, so back to Michael Scott. Michael Scott wants to love everybody the way he thinks that they should be loved. Right. right. Like he's the one who's like, this is how we're going to celebrate. I've already got it in my mind. Mint uh, chocolate chip. But <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> Mint chocolate chip. Men chocolate chip. And, and um, but but that's a prime example of like, you know, that somebody who lays down what they think a birthday should be and mm-hmm. and lo- meets somebody where they're at and shows them love the way they want to be. Yeah. They want to be taken care of. We're thinking really deep about a sick yeah, way too much. <laughs> so I think that right. kind of answers my next question, which is how would you rate your fandom uh, trip? How about you? Scale of one to ten. Sure. Twenty three. Cool. <laughs> uh, hey, no, I'm, you know, I don't know every single, I mean, Zach's good, probably going to put me to shame as far as like being able to quote uh, episodes and time code and everything. But I just, I mean, <laughs> as far as the way the show makes me feel, I could always, always come back to it. Right. Well, Zach, how about you? I would say my fandom is approximately child size. Uh, which is 124 ounces how is that child size well we studied and it is approximately the size of a small child Uh, no it was 500 it was 512 ounces thank you very much so that tells you anything about my rating my fandom for the (laughs) office i mean uh, at parks and recreation uh i'm a huge fan i've watched it through many many times i'm uh one of my favorite tv shows if you were to give me a top three that would absolutely be on my list i've so, maybe watched through it once uh see but kevin i'm actually glad you're here because you're more of an office fan i am and you're going to give a unique perspective on this that wouldn't be just you know a party with four parks <laughs> or and he'll rec just be and i don't dis- for most it, of the podcast yeah. <laughs> no, i don't dislike parks and rec at all by any means but i don't the have office time is your, it's your first love the well, office is your first love yeah and i don't have time to watch <laughs> things outside of time with my wife and she does not uh, like Parks and Rec. So for really? me, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. She What's her objection? Margaret. I don't know. She said she doesn't like great. So let's go back and watch The Office or let's find something mm-hmm. else. So like I haven't dug into that. Right now we're on a different, a new sitcom that we're watching The Good Place right now, which I'm loving. But that's not about. Which are from what? the same, I think, producers of mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. Yeah. But she doesn't like Parks and Rec. Oh, really? really? She doesn't. Interesting. Huh. Not a, she's not a fan, no. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. All right. Okay. Maybe that, you know, that's the thing. Okay. Day. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's like the, the opposite end of the spectrum of the, the position I found myself in with the office. Like mm-hmm. you, I 
was probably destined to become a fan of The Office at some point because my wife loved it so much. Right. But if she didn't, I wouldn't have been on the last podcast because I never would have seen it. Right. You are probably never going to watch Parks and Rec ever again <laughs> because <laughs> right. that's that's the sway that our wives have with us. Yeah. It's got to be an agreement thing. Let's actually get into our top three best moments for Parks and Rec. You guys ready for this? Let's do Bring it. it. All hey. right. Trip, what's your number three moment for Parks right. and Rec? So these are the ones, oddly enough, even though I still love the human moments, the things that popped to the forefront of my mind were things that made me laugh really hard. And I <laughs> rewound <laughs> over and over again. Um, uh, Andy Dwyer uh, is just yes. in general, just, just anything. He's a, qu- he's a quote machine. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yes. I, and he was only supposed to I, be in like three episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was only yep. supposed to be yeah, in season yeah. one. I think my wife and I watched, I think my wife watched it initially because Chris Pratt was in it. And then when she saw the first season, she saw like special guest star or something like that in the, in the credit opening credits that said, you know, special guest star, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait, guest star. And it was so funny how uncomfortable she got. Cause she was like, I'm watching this for Chris Pratt. Where's he going to go? Where's he? Don't leave. Anyway. Um, and why is he like 280 is- pounds? Yeah, this is how he got right. his break, right? Like, he wasn't exactly. known yeah. for anything yeah. before this. He was just no, a this, Hawaiian no, this was, this this was it. was for Chris Pratt what The Office was for Steve Carell. He yeah. had the one-two punch of that and the 40-year-old virgin. For Chris Pratt, it was uh, Parks and Rec and Guardians. Which he mm-hmm. breaks away in season six to go spend time in London yep. on yeah. his yep. charity which, job. Which and, they have and the all best you did was cover. stop drinking beer? <laughs> yeah, it dropped like 50 pounds. How much beer, How much you beer were you drinking? <laughs> anyway, I, I can't. So again, I'm going to embarrass myself not being able to give you the specific context of the of the. Um, of the quote, but it's when he and April and, and, uh, Tom Haverford all go up to like one of the upper levels of the municipal building and they have to like clean out an office or something. Yeah. The fourth floor. (laughs) And he picks up the phone pretending to be like some big executive and he goes, "Uh, hello, uh, call the, call the white house. We get this phone kind of smells like a butt. (laughs) And And that's what made you laugh. That is your number three moment. Well, because he, see, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it because he talks for like four or five seconds, just, just, firing off all these different ridiculous phrases pretending to be you know this executive or something and then it's like you can just tell the smell is building on him and it just (laughs) it just dovetails right into this phone kind of smells like a butt (laughs) everything about the fourth floor that was actually the first episode where you see ethel beavers (laughs) oh i loved her i loved if i was a single man I would love to get shot down by her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Zach, how about you? What's your number three? So uh, I was hard pressed to have a favorite three moments because I, I, I just too. love all of it. So yeah. I, I only came down to if I had a category of third favorites, it would be anything with <laughs> John Raffio in it. Yeah. I mean, we start, how do we start off this yeah. episode? The way. <laughs> but but I mean I also just love how absolutely ridiculous he is. Like he's such a despicable human being, but he's yes. winningly despicable and because everything yeah. just bounces off of him. Because I mean, like, why do we have a clear toilet bowl full of dollars? Because we're flush with flush cash. with cash. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my question to you guys. Actually, I had that for him, which is what separated him from being that character where it's like. He's a, a, 
phenomenal to watch on screen versus mm-hmm. what he could have been, which is, oh my gosh, please shut up. So I think like in the office, I can't stand Todd Packer because he is that ridiculous yeah. character who's so crass and dirty, but you also know that his intentions are dirty. And I think that's why like you even just hate watching him. Whereas John mm-hmm. Raffio, yeah, he's despicable for his morals, but he's just kind of like a chihuahua. To where it's like he's all bark, <laughs> no bite, and you're like, okay, uh-huh. I'm kind of annoyed at you, but I also can't get angry at you because yeah. you're because he, you're, he, he also d- doesn't have any power over anybody the way right. Michael Scott does. Like Michael <laughs> yeah. Scott goes, all right, everybody, conference room, five minutes, and everybody goes. But if you know, if he like, uh, he can't have any influence over, say, Ron Swanson, and that's where some of the that's where some of the best. Uh, humor comes from was him trying to impose himself on Ron Swanson and Swanson just gives him a look and goes, okay, I'll be over here. You know, oh, it's, to it's the a- o to the end to you got as much swag as the big Ben clock. <laughs> dude, dude, Why you got to end yeah, it on the exactly. run. I, I know what I have to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love John Ralphio, Ben Schwartz. Good heavens. Yeah. A- absolutely perfect for that. Did a very good job as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, too. Sorry. Anyway, keep yeah, going. No, it's good. Wait. No, that is a good good thing Hold to note, though. Hold all of the yeah. butt-smelling he, phones. He <laughs> was the voice of Sonic? Yes, and he did yes, a great he job. Is. Yes. I knew it had a familiar ring. Yep. Oh, <gasps> does that count as a pun? Oh, yes. that is 100% a pun. Yes. yes. Kevin, number so, three. Uh, anytime Chris introduces himself or talks <laughs> to him. And Perkins. <laughs> This is literally hey, Perkins. like, yeah. I don't know what I would do My if someone actually came to me and talked to me that way. <laughs> this is literally the best moment I've ever had in my life. Well, yes. I say that to people all the time. Literally. literally? That's like, like the, between that and my number two is what I quote most on, um, about Park and Rex. But it's anybody with that excitement and intensity, just greeting people the way he does is kind of ridiculous to me. And, and I but would not even, know how to react in real life if that they happened. They even give a reason behind it. Uh, you know, that's and, that's yes. that's the cool thing. And I wanted to mention about how that's another reason that Parks and Rec, in my mind, stands above the office, is they give people good backstories. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was instantly on Team Traeger after that one soundbite conversation with him about, people ask me why I'm so optimistic. Well, you know, basically, I was diagnosed with a terminal disease. I was supposed to live past 10. And so... Here I am in my 40s and every day is a gift. And it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Chris Traeger. Literally, I love you. (laughs) Yeah. The episode where he has, where he uh, wants to completely overhaul the parks department and Mm -hmm. he has Ron sit front and center in that little swivel chair. The little circle thing. And when he's, yeah. And when he's explaining to him uh, how, how great it is because he has, he can make eye contact with anybody at any point. He goes, let me show you how it works. Swivel. (laughs) We say swivel. All the time. In oh, our yeah. house. <laughs> swivel. Anytime we have to make a whip turn to anything, swivel. No, see, swivel. the part that I remember about that moment is when the uh, civilian comes into the office and like, excuse <laughs> yep. me, sir, sir, <laughs> sir. There's a sign that turn. says don't drink the water, so I made some tea with it, and now I have an infection. <laughs> <laughs> sir? Sir? Are you listening to me? Oh, yep. so good. Yep. So good. Um, my number three. Get on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everything, everything (laughs) leading up to that fiasco on the campaign trail where they're on the ice rink with, with six feet of red carpet 
a, a four by four stage, <laughs> part of a sign that just has like a KN on there. In her and, eyes. It's and just and a her three-legged eyes. dog. <laughs> the three-legged <laughs> dog, them slipping on it. And then to top it all off, their timing of every time they played and paused, get on your feet. Oh my word. I was rolling on the floor. So were they. <laughs> Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> literally rolling on the floor. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I literally. that that was going to be in my top three until I just was like, no, I have to include John Raffio. And again, it shows the beauty of Parks and Rec because it's such a culmination of everyone's errors. It mm. really is a comedy of errors. I think that actually could be the tagline of Parks and Rec, a comedy of errors. Because it's their group effort in destroying this moment. And yet, the gag is that Jerry never does anything correctly. The one time time he does his job and gets a huge crowd is the moment when you would not want a huge crowd. (laughs) Jerry, please tell me that you did pull the classic Jerry. (laughs) No, I can't believe you say that. I actually got over 100 people. Dang it, Jerry! (laughs) But okay, so that moment to me is a defining moment why I prefer Parks and Rec over The Office. That yes, it's an awkward moment that yes, absolutely has some cringe in it, but it's the culmination of everything leading up to that moment mm-hmm. and the good naturedness of it all. Um, I would absolutely be laughing in that situation. I wouldn't be crying and cringing in the audience because just the timing of everything. It's phenomenal. Well, it's it's awkward for the characters that you love, but no innocent bystander is being harmed. Right. Because like normally in the office when something awkward's happening is because Michael is doing something terrible to another human being. Yeah. So like if in that instance they had forgotten to pack lunches for a bunch of starving children, then yeah, that would have been really bad as a campaign. But they were the ones getting harmed and slipping on the ice, not the audience. So yeah. Uh, I just I love that episode. <laughs> that whole episode's great, but that moment had me rolling on the floor even first time I watched it. All right, Trip, what is your number two moment? Bring me all the eggs and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, it is so. It is. I mean that that the poor Ron. <laughs> all Did he I wants is right? to have a steak. He's yep. so excited. Yep. He he. He, he, he gets, I don't remember what city they're going to, but there's Indianapolis. a house he loves out of town. He shows up. It's been shut down. He thinks that he can possibly <laughs> salvage this night by having steaks at Chris Traeger's. And lo and behold, he's eating bark mushroom and moss. Mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. Mushroom. It's portobello <laughs> mushrooms. It's a healthy alternative. And so oh, at the God. end of it, he's just, <laughs> he's sitting at the, he's sitting at that crappy little diner and he goes, in what world is this a steak? I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Just bring me all the eggs and bacon you have. Wait. <laughs> like, Wait. By God, I am going to salvage this night. I am not going to deal with another screw up. I'm worried what you heard me say was, bring me a lot of eggs and bacon. What I said was, bring me all the eggs and bacon you have. And that guy, that waiter just, that waiter just, nods like <laughs> okay i'll do this for you and then ron clenches his fist like yes yes yeah. <laughs> yeah i we still make that quote every time we make breakfast and i'm bring like all right making eggs i'm like bring me all the bacon and eggs you have <laughs> so I, yeah. and plus i think we all have had that experience going to like a waffle house or a huddle house and ordering their quote steak and they're like what <laughs> 
Never once. What? Never, Never once, once have, have I ordered a no, steak at Waffle steak. House yeah. or a Huddle House. Why would you go to no. Waffle House and order a or, steak? Or a because steak it's a shake. steak. And you're like, I, I'm I, order did, a steak. Yeah. Waffle House. I did. I did know a guy who liked steak and eggs a lot, and he did. And I, I did know him. I, he had been known to buy them at a Waffle House. I didn't approve. But Are you still friends I, I, with him? No, I. I <laughs> Killed him and Good. buried him no. in the backyard. I mean, the, it, I order it on a rare occasion. Seems appropriate. And I mean, for twelve bucks, there's not a lot at stake there. So you know, mm. take it for what it is. Don't think you let that rare occasion slip yeah, by, yeah. Zach. Uh, listen, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Stop. No one, no one don't lean it, into it, dude. You're just enabling him. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, Zach. What is your number two moment? All right. So I'll admit I kind of cheated on this one too, to where I couldn't, I couldn't nail down a single moment. So uh, How it's going to be similar to trip. You. It's any moment with Ron Swanson. I love him <laughs> as a, a character. Cop out. So a good, but, cop but I did pick, out. I did pick, I did pick my favorite Ron Swanson moment. If that counts. Okay. My favorite okay. Ron Swanson moment is when April introduces him to Google earth. Cause he's such a Luddite, like wants to be off the grid. Don't want the government interfering with everything, you know, technology. No. Nah. And, and April's like, Oh, you think that's creepy? Uh, look up your home address on Google maps. And I just love how she just goes pointing at the screen. And then the, the next hard cut is he's got his entire computer in his hands and he slams it into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you, you can pick any Ron Swanson moments. My favorite when, when mm-hmm. he's told that the government has to shut down and he has that oh. little peevish face oh, and he looks yeah, right into the camera. Giggle. Oh my word. I, that was <laughs> I my number. Laugh. That was my number three yeah. moment was that look into the camera when he is told the government shut down and and uh when my wife and i were building our house we went through so much hassle with local government permits and i so badly wanted to just pull ron swanson and write down on a piece of paper i can do what i want <laughs> it just says i can I, do what i want <laughs> sir you don't have a permit to be cooking in this park uh i do have a permit this just says i can do what i want wrote it myself <laughs> <laughs> when um, but but when junk Go ahead. When Joan Calamezzo uh, passes out on live TV oh, yeah. and he just takes all the, he just does all the Q and A's. Just bosses it on and the talk when show. He goes, yeah. And I don't even remember what the question was, what he, but he, when he, when he's talking about dogs, he says anything under 50 pounds as a cat and cats are pointless. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think the moment where I cried fanboy tears, I was just so happy for Ron Swanson is in the episodes where they travel to Europe at the end. It's almost kind of like the post credit scene for that two episode series. Ro- Leslie surprised Ron with a trip to Scotland yeah. and not just Scotland to get a personal behind the scenes tour of Lagavulin distillery on the mm-hmm. Island of Isla. And he is reading Robbie Burns poetry on the cliffs of the Scottish coast. He there's a scene too where he's got a shepherd's crook and he's cresting a hill and then you see this giant All this, this wave of sheep her <laughs> flock yeah. of sheep come behind him and I mean I remember seeing that and just my inner Ron Swanson fanboy was just crying out yes! <laughs> Didn't he cry at the end of all that? I mean didn't like a single tear get wiped away or something? That no, was like you one can of the tell few he was he moved sh- and I he can't was remember moved. exactly what he said. Well says. he's talking about how I thought he, he was talking I was, about I don't know why she wanted me to read that and you could tell he's yeah. just he's moved to the core. There you go. There you go. I think yeah, he sniffs yeah, yeah. or something, but he's basically <laughs> talking about how even though all of Europe is a cesspool, Scotland's all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, Lagavulin actually created a Ron Swanson. No, excuse me, not Ron Swanson. A, oh my gosh, I'm blinking on the actor name. Please. Nick Offerman. Um, Nick, Nick Offerman. Offerman. They made a Nick Offerman blend of Lagavulin. <laughs> Especially for Nick Offerman. Wow. Because cool. funnily enough, Nick Offerman in real life basically is Ron Swanson. He is Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, he is. And do yourself a favor. If we're approaching the Christmas season, there's a bunch of Yule Log videos that you can look up and have like 12 hours of a Yule Log burning on your TV so you can feel like you have a roaring fireplace. There actually is a Yule Log of Ron Swanson sitting in front of a fire, sipping Log of Olin, and it's like two hours long. <laughs> And he says nothing what, the entire what time. What more do you need? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it exists. I've it watched really it. Is. I've watched it through three times. I'm looking. I'm looking it's right amazing. It. It's amazing. Whoa. That is fantastic. All right. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Kevin, what is your number two moment? Anything with little Sebastian. Thank you. <laughs> yes. There, like, I'll randomly <laughs> sing that song in my house and like, no so one knows weird. what I'm talking about. Bye, bye. We sing that and I was living in the pit. <laughs> you are living in the pit. I love Mouse Rat. Or no, Rat Mouse. It's now Rat Mouse. Nope, Mouse Rat. <laughs> oh, all the different names that Andy's band goes through. It was awesome they, too. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're, totally steal, we're totally, we're, t- we're stealing Kevin's thunder. Did yeah, sorry, you have Kevin, more to okay. say? <laughs> but but I no. mean it's not just little, little Sebastian. Sebastian. No. <laughs> it, it's it's the running gag of little Sebastian. Yeah. Like I love how mm. it's just an assumed everyone has to be a hundred and ten percent about it and how Ben White's like, I don't get it. Like he's, yeah. I, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. <laughs> it's so brilliant because he turns out to be kind of the halfway straight man for that mm. show, where he's like, he doesn't quite get everything about Pawnee, but he still loves it. And then and he so makes this fact- giant board game, which is like super ridiculous. <laughs> the codes of Dungeon. And four four seconds of a stop motion my animation. Low, <laughs> my lowly farmer goes into your center code. <gasps> you are the master. I love it. <laughs> All right. My number two moment is Anne's first day at public health. Anne um, Perkins. When she is hired on at uh, City Hall and she comes in and Leslie has filled her entire room with balloons <laughs> and people just start oh, yeah. popping out of it. And then it's Andy and April pop out and uh, uh, April says something to the effect of like, I put poison in one of these balloons so you might die. And Andy pops out and he goes, well, actually, the uh, gases fill the volume of whatever space they're in. So we would all die. And then he looks straight at the camera and goes school <laughs> and I was crying but it wasn't done that moment wasn't done it's yep, like it how many better. people are actually in here can, there's yeah. seven of them seven yeah and you got a grumpy office mate over here and he's this random dude stands about <laughs> the balloons and goes get the bleep I wait get these yeah. bleeping balloons, balloons out of my here office. oh my <laughs> word I was crying that is so that is good. another that is another great aspect of the show is the fact that it can pile laughs on rapid fire. Like you, mm-hmm. I would almost say it's, it's, it, it could, it's, it's almost, it could almost be considered like a, a weakness of the show is that you're laughing so hard from one joke. You can, miss that you it. don't have time to register the next one. You go, wait, yeah. what happened now? Thank God in the, the world of streaming, we can rewind yeah. now. But mm-hmm. you know, when but that, when that show are, first showed up, that wasn't always pouring. a possibility. Tears are pouring down my face because Andy Dwyer making a comment about school in itself 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, April, but then that random dude standing up, you <laughs> never see again on the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. these bleeping balloons out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. It's it, perfect. And a uh, very memorable moment for me. And absolutely my second favorite moment in the office. In office. The office? You just said the office. Oh, Parks nice. and Rec. Nice. Uh, nice. It's Kevin, getting under your skin. What have, you do- what have you done? All right. It is time for our number one moments. I've leaked some awesome on you. Trip, what is your number one office moment? A moment. Wow, office, office moment? moment? You did it again? I did it again. Wow. <laughs> this episode this... brought to you by the Sinister Sticks. Oh, <laughs> I hate all of you. What's your top you sticks yourself. moment? You're the one who did it. I know. Apparently I can't word today either. Uh, Trip, what is your number one Parks and Rec moment? Uh, one that actually never made it into the show. Uh, it was a blooper. Does it count? That was cut. It was from the it the was from the amazing. episode where Andy Dwyer was. I think he hadn't been to a doctor and I, I have know, all, insurance. All of yeah, all <laughs> I, of his no, life. I have right. the insurance. The insurance. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, so in, in a blooper that was cut was he was talking to the doctor about his symptoms, and he goes, "Doc, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe." And I'll wipe, I'll wipe, still poop, still poop. I, it's it's like I'm wiping a marker <laughs> or peanut butter. And, yeah, who put markers in my butt? And it, I call know back. What talking about. Look I at that call bloopers. So good. And it's so did we. And you know, uh, April is standing behind him, or Aubrey Plaza, Plaza. The, the and she loses it, and she can, she has to turn around. She just can't keep going, and it just it just it was. <laughs> you're going. Where does he come up with this stuff? Well, apparently, <laughs> and, apparently, Andy had some of the best improv moments. Chris Pratt did some of the mm-hmm. best improv. Yeah, in that's that what show. I've heard. But there was surprisingly little improv, according to the writers uh, mm-hmm. and one of the producers. So I, I would be like the um, uh, the moment that he says. Um, uh, Leslie, I think I found out what's wrong with you. It looks like I did a quick search and you may have go- uh, uh, network, uh, connectivity network connectivity problems. Issues, yeah. Issues. <laughs> that was apparently improv. Uh, yeah. And one of the writer, the writers were like really, I mean, they thought jealous. it was hilarious, but they were ticked that they didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, so, but that's one of those moments, the blooper that I just mentioned, it, it makes me wonder, like, did he come up with that? Or was that something written? Or I, I have a feeling that, that, like, half of the, the symptoms that he lists in there, like, I broke my thumb, you know? Yeah. yeah. After half those symptoms, I'm pretty sure he just came up with on the fly. It's, it's, I, I believe it. I mean, he was just pulling <laughs> them up out of his butt at that point. Mm-hmm. Zach, quick, number one <laughs> moments. <laughs> All right, so I did narrow this one down a little bit more. My favorite episode is the flu season uh which funnily enough is, is one. the one I that trip that. Uh, you mentioned that ad lib by andy Stop andy dwyer pooping. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that line by chris stop pooping he's just I, trying to psych himself I, out of being sick i vomited the microchip has been compromised <laughs> i vomited somewhere in this room but I don't remember where. Oh, wait, you may <laughs> want to check drawer. that drawer. <laughs> but what I love about it, and again, why I just love Parks and Rec, is every character gets their shining moment in that episode. Everyone has a fantastic line. Andy has that amazing ad lib. Chris has a stop pooping. Uh, Ron, Ron has a great line where he's interacting with Andy because he's trying Andy out as a new assistant. And, and he's telling him about this. Hey, there's this taco stand that has this burrito called the meat tornado literally killed a guy last year. And Ron just goes, 
you had me at you meat had me tornado. At tornado. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, son, this is a whole new meat delivery system. Um, but then one, one that I, I'll also like is I try not to make connections with people. I once worked with a guy for three years without ever learning his name. Best friend I ever had. Yeah. We still never talk sometimes. So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's such a treasure trove, but the real reason I love that episode is we talk about those human moments I remember one that was actually the first time I remember in the show actually kind of getting choked up because I was I was surprised at just how much uh, it was. It was a culmination of the whole episode to get to this moment. It was actually an arc of this character as well, because up to this moment, Ben had been the stick in the mud. He was the guy Mm -hmm. who was the bad cop to Chris Traeger's good cop. And he had always kind of been not an antagonist to Leslie's optimism, but he also wasn't waving pom-poms. So Leslie's got the flu. She has this very important meeting come up. She even shows up into the lobby. She had the flu, was in the hospital, stole Thermaflu medication from (laughs) everyone else, and then shows up and was like, "Um, Theraflu. Airflu, yeah. Yeah. And Thermoflu sounds like really hot flu medicine. (laughs) They serve it in a thermos. That's when you're really sick. Thermoflu. But I got to burn it out of you. But she shows up and she's like, "Uh, Ben, would you mind paying the taxi? The meter turned into hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics? Do you happen to know the exchange rate? (laughs) Well, hold on. Wait a minute. The floor and the ceiling just switched. Oh, no. But then she gets up to the mic and just absolutely nails her speech mm-hmm. and you see Ben for he, the exact he, he, amount he sits, of time that she needs to and she yeah. sits up Ben sits up and kind of has this quizzical look like he just can't believe what he's seen and his little soundbite at the end of that and I did write this one down is he goes that was amazing that was a that was a flu ridden Michael Jordan at the 97 NBA finals that that was Kirk Gis- Gibson hobbling up to the plate and hitting a homer off Dennis Eckersley that was that was Leslie Nope. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment that I was won over by Parks and Rec as a show because mm-hmm. there, just as there was a comedy of errors, there was so much good writing to lead up to that moment. And it was a turn mm-hmm. not only for that episode, but for those two characters from yep. there on out. And I, I was yep. won over. So that, that is my favorite Parks and Rec moment. Kevin, number one moment. Jerry. Love. I love, Jerry. I love how everyone picks on Jerry and he's sort of like this old office loser. And then they meet his family yes. and it's this beautiful family. And he's like the king yep. of the castle. Yep. Yes. Like that's, that's just amazing to me. Like he's, and he's just a sort ninja. Of, I mean, he's yeah. got like cat like uh, reflexes well, inside those four walls. His yeah. retirement episode where uh, <laughs> Leslie goes to his house <laughs> and he drops that mug and oh, catches it and flips it up. Hey, and that yeah. look that <laughs> yep. Leslie note gives him. Yep. What the? Well, 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 she literally goes, <laughs> where am I? The thing I love about Jerry is the fact that is, you know, it, it just, his, his life outside of his home does not matter to him. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he says early on in the series, look, I'm this far away from retirement. I'm going to sit on the lake, smoke a big fat cigar and read a stack of mystery novels. And then by the end of the show, he practically outlives everybody. Mm-hmm. He's like he 102 years old. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. You're well, he right. Becomes, he has the, becomes the, mayor. He has the perfect ending. Then, he was the mayor, dies at 100. Sur- and they literally go in the news. Surrounded, surrounded by, by his friends and family. <laughs> and his wife, yeah. Gail, is a model. Gail has an age <laughs> Looks day. exactly the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is that, by the way? I, I know she's somebody. I forgot her oh, name. Oh, um, um, I forgot. I'm going to look, look it, it up. up. Okay, you got it, Kevin. <laughs> on it. 
Yep. But yeah, I mean, I and I love how Ben Wyatt and Christy Leslie, Brinkley, Christy Brinkley. I just yes. remembered. That's, that's I just remembered. Specific. Okay, there we go. I love how Leslie and Ben are always trying to figure out how that dynamic works. Like, is yeah, she some right. sort of Russian spy who's just so deep cover she can't blow it? Or does she have one of those like <laughs> mental problems where like she thinks he's a friendly hat? <laughs> hat. <laughs> uh, my number one uh, is. It's a moment in the time machine episode, but the time machine episode the time is capsule. one of my favorite time capsule. Excuse me. Yes, time machine time capsule. Yeah. That's that, that. I don't know what other, that's I've a been different show entirely. That's uh, Dr. Time capsule episode, which the it's the public health. It's the forum at the end that they do the public forum that mm. they do. Um, which Twilight. that whole thing about them yeah. putting stuff into what's going to be in a time capsule. Yeah. Amazing. Oh episode. my gosh. Brilliant moments of like, ah, oh, the twilight too christian trial mm-hmm. twilight's not christian enough what you guys oh, see yeah. what's going on and yeah. um that like why can't we put my picture of my cat turnip and what you about know, turnip yeah what <laughs> except for turnip, turnip. <laughs> except for turnip <laughs> and, but the the top moment and the moment that i have laughed the hardest at which i can verify because we watched this in our apartment when we were roommates i can verify your laughter i i may not have i've this is like upper levels of me laughing and all of history was this guy stands up. He's clearly like in his fifties. He looks like he lives in his mother's basement and he's wearing just this completely awful knitted sweater that has this wolf on it, (laughs) which when he stands up, that alone is just brilliant. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, the time capsule that you're digging us up in 50 years. And he's like, well, well, how do we know we're going to be here in 50 years? We could, you know, have you know the flu or whatever it is. And I think it's Donna who says to him, it's like, so what's your question? And he stands and looks at her and just goes, I don't know. I'm just scared. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've laughed that hard in a TV show ever. And which brings me to my thing of the citizens of Pawnee are the most underrated thing. That is so true. Mm -hmm. The citizens of Pawnee Mm -hmm. make that show. Like the fact that they have to dedicate an entire government department on figuring out how do you solve for water spouts? Because wait, what's the problem? Oh, well people just put their entire mouth over it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That one kid that they get to test out the water fountain where he, Oh, yep. Yep. But well, with the, the, it's like, I have found a sandwich in the park and I want to know why was there no mayonnaise on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the guy who, the, the, the except for turnip guy who keeps coming up to every public forum trying to get the crowd to chant some insane something or other. Oh, my word. I could talk about Parks and Rec until the end of time. I absolutely love let's this do it. show. All right. Until the. Um, until the lizard people come. Oh God, what's the cult? What's oh, Zor that shows up Zor, in the park? All hail Zor. Uh, until no, Zor the reasonableness. comes back. The reasonableness. The reasonableness. Why do they call themselves reasonableness? Well, because if you disagree with them, it seems like you're being unreasonable. That's that's oddly brilliant. Oddly brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we uh, our next thing that we will be tackling is our fan question of the week, which will be coming up right after the break. So stick around. This next segment is brought to you by Maleshko. Making videos should be fast and fun. Find out how at Maleshko.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-H-K-O.com. Or you can go to dadgumnerds.com slash sponsors and it'll take you straight there. Thanks, guys. Time for fan question of the week. This week we have question from Jim Sheely. Jim. Jim. 
who has submitted this to us via the website. His the question office. is, what is your favorite young kids show or movie? Anything you think is really underrated? So this is one that Kevin actually recommended to me offline and I have loved it. It's on Disney plus it's called bluey. Yeah. And it's by the Australian government. Like it's basically the Australian (laughs) equivalent to PBS that produces this show. (laughs) And it's amazing because it's got, it's, it's got great learning moments for kids, not just like, yay, sharing is great, but things like, Hey, when your younger sibling is annoying you, how do you still incorporate them into your play and make sure everyone still has fun? So it's not just like, all right, have fun, everyone. Like it's actually semi complicated issues for toddlers as complicated as their life can get. And, uh, there's entertaining things for like the parents. Put peanut butter in my butt. Yeah. Right. The complicated questions <laughs> right. of life, but it's, it's, it's also got entertaining moments for the parents. Oh, yeah. okay. So I completely missed it. You did not go the direction. I thought that question was leaning. <laughs> uh, what, I, what is your favorite kids, favorite young kids show or movie is, our favorite, like growing up or the, what we let our kids watch, which, which oh, I was going way. for current. Oh. Whatever you want to answer it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I was going for what I currently, I mean, it'd be a completely different answer if I was talking about when I was yeah. a kid, but like current young kid shows that I have to watch. It's that one. Mm-hmm. It's basically Bluey or Jim, Moana in our house. That's yeah, Jim, awesome. be more specific next time. Uh, but, but you're about to get a ver- variety of answers to this question. Well then Trip, uh, what you got? Mine, mine growing up, because all I apparently all, all Hattie wants to watch is if you give a mouse a cookie and I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but, um, it is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it mine is. growing up was a show called Phantom 2040. Um, there Never is a, that one. there is a pulp comic strip called the Phantom and in the comic strip and the comic, it was, it was created by a guy named Lee Falk back in the forties. And it's Billy about Zane this did it to live action. Billy Zane mm-hmm. plays yeah, back in the early nineties. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's worth, it's worth watching. Even if you, uh, it's worth watching this day yeah. and age, just so you can laugh you at had it. You a but, completely um, different young childhood than me. Like I'm thinking like I Barney, did. Magic School Bus. You're like HBO, Phantom 240. No, <laughs> no, no. I watched Barney and everything else, which is why I was so happy when I got to watch something that wasn't that. And I, la- I latched onto it so hard. <laughs> but, but Zach, at least you got closure. <laughs> this yeah, is right. true. This well, is true. I don't speaking of never scars. getting closure, the oh, show oh, never wait, no way. Oh. So, so okay. So just real quick, the real quick backstory uh, with the Phantom property is about this guy named Kit Walker who lives in the jungles of Africa and and defends it from poachers and mm-hmm. other evildoers. Sure, he has a in he purple. has a ring on his finger. Yes, in purple, he has a ring on his <laughs> finger with a skull that tattoos anybody he punches with it. And so he in in the comic strip, he is this legend of called the ghost who walks because any time no, people say he can't die. Well, in truth, it's this it's it's the same generation, not the same generation, but the same family carrying out the legacy generation after generation. Mm-hmm. He's like the 21st Phantom or something like that. Oh. Phantom 2040. He is like the 25th or 26th and it's a futuristic world where um a lot of nature has just been completely demolished in in mm-hmm. favor of tech and um thanks google i'm, tr- I'm trying to remember yeah the kid the guy <laughs> basically google? becomes the guy becomes a reluctant phantom mm-hmm. okay. um but it was animated by peter chung the guy who animated oh, uh, aeon Flu- aeon flux mm-hmm. yeah back from mtv what 
And I look back on it okay. now and I go, this was a kid's show. It wasn't <laughs> violent or anything <laughs> like that, but the music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The themes were very mature. And um, I mean, there were, he was dealing with like real quote unquote, real danger. Um, but you go back and look at some of it right now and you go, this might be the direction we're heading. <laughs> uh, but I remember the music being fantastic. The, um, the voice acting was, was phenomenal. Ron Perlman was one of the major villains. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what? Leah Remney, Leah Remney from, uh, King of Queens King was of Queens. actually the yeah. voice of one okay. of the cops. Uh, it wow. was, I, and I, I, I just watched the heck out of that show. Okay. Uh, well, mine, uh, is not anything like that. Yeah. Thanks for answering <laughs> Jim's question with a non-kid show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we stumbled, on this, show, we stumbled onto something for Theodore, um, and I'm so happy we did it. Um, one of two of my favorite animated films are two really undervalued ones, um, that come from an Irish studio called Cartoon Saloon and it's called The Secret of Kells. And then the yes. other one's called Song of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely stunning animation and beautiful feel that's in it. And beautiful well, music. Well, it turns out their their next thing that they did was they decided to make a kid's show called Puffin' Rock. Yeah, pretty good. I was pleasantly surprised with this show. I was used, not used to a kid's show having a high level of animation in it and having good voice acting and something that just really was super cute. And I wish, Theodore, I wish Theodore was a little bit more into it. I think he's a little too young for, you know, what they're talking about. It's probably more preschool age than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little bit that I've seen of it, I am looking forward to Theodore actually watching this. At some yeah, point it's pretty in time. good. It's and pretty it's, good. it's great to hear. What's it called? Puffin Rock? Puffin, Puffin Rock. Rock. Yeah. And Not everybody has an Irish accent. And eh. so therefore, Yes. Well, and by Irish, it's more of a Celtic, like it's not going to have that same sing song kind of flavor, but you can tell it's got Celtic influence to it, which just makes my heart happy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Because Puffin's Puffin's Irish. I mean, what's it it makes perfect sense. Why why didn't they do this years ago? Well, no, actually it's, it's funny you say that because the Island that they filmed for star Wars eight and nine was off the coast of Ireland and Mm -hmm. that had a butt ton of Puffins on it. That's so, how we got Puffins. Thanks for ruining my joke. Thanks, yeah, for, no thanks for ruining my joke with a- logic and facts. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then so for me. Wait, you're huffing and puffing over there, Trip. Since Zach took joke. Bluey. Um, growing, I think anything that's really good for young kids is anything with clear good and clear evil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Transformers. I know I'll go super old school stuff. So Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, yes. Ninja Turtles, all those sort of mm-hmm. things have clear good, clear evil. So that said, the the one that plays most at my house right now is an old one. It's Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. Yes, from the eighties. <laughs> yeah. From the eighties, yeah. So is that really? the one with the like Firestar Star and Iceman? And Iceman, and, and they yep. all sort of live together. And Iceman can never pay rent, so he always has to borrow money from Peter. <laughs> he wait borrows money from the broke college student. They're all broke. <laughs> They're all college students. Is that They're all college frozen. students? Too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, in terms of kids shows, anything that has a good especially for my kids age, anything that has clear good and cleared evil. Yeah. Is, is solid. Yeah. I miss, I miss that about today's programming Mm because every, it seems like every program that comes out, every show, every movie that comes out, uh, wants to blur the line a little bit and make you sympathetic towards the villain. I'm like, look, just get rid of them. Just, just, that's exactly why I don't like the, um, what's her name? Maleficent movies. Uh, oh yeah, trying to yeah, make you gotcha. sympathetic to the mm-hmm. evil character. Right. Well, they're they're coming out with Cruella Deville as well. Emma Stone mm-hmm. playing Cruella. 
Yeah. And all that, all that is as well and good, but not when you're talking about young kids, like they need yeah. clear lines of what is good and what yeah, is bad. Exactly. Exactly. Because we have clear lines of what's good and what's bad. Right. Of course. Don't touch that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Because I said I, so. Well, Jim, hey, thank you so much for your question this week. Um, if you guys who are listening have a question for us to tackle, just go to dadgumnerds.com slash contact. And you may, may just hear your question to get answered at some point in time. So we'll be back for our closing thoughts and episode pun count here in just a moment. Stick around. Got a question for the dads? Got a joke that makes your kids groan? You want a specific topic on the podcast? Then head to dadgumnerds.com slash contact and send us your thoughts. We read every submission and you might just hear it on the podcast. Again, that's dadgumnerds.com slash contact and we'll catch you later, dadgum nerds. All right. Any closing thoughts before we go? Uh, the only thing I can think of right now is the theme song to Fraggle Rock because of Kevin's yeah. offhanded comment. <laughs> he just said not to be confused with Fraggle Rock, and now I'm going, Dance your cares away. Worries for another, another day. All I know is next time I see Faith, all I know is next time I see Faith, I'm going to be like, Peanut butter puffs for dinner. <laughs> Can you request that she sing that and that'll be our new bumper music for this episode? Sure. Have you ever heard somebody like talk and like uh, like there's a bunch of air in their mouth and so it just goes bah, and the you hear them talk out of their jaw their jowls? That's what she did. Peanut butter puffs for dinner. It was just that's wow. one of my favorite. Mo- my favorite. I really thought you were going to say she said it like Christopher Walken. My wife is quickly becoming more popular on this podcast than I am, and I've got a real problem with it. Next week, Faith bar. Owens. It was Next a week, bar. Faith Owens will be on the podcast. This right. is the last you'll see trips. <laughs> the dumpster fire burnt out. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, be sure to check out our website, dadgumnerds.com, which is D-A-D-G-U-M-N-E-R-D-S.com. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our merch store at dadgumnerds.com slash store. And as always, if you know of someone who you think would like the show, then send them our way. We can't grow this podcast without you guys. So we say thank you in advance. And if you'd like to leave us a rating or review, that is always uh, a big thank you from us. Uh, And it helps other people find the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's also not optional. This is true. Yeah. Five star <laughs> like review. This, leave a That's review. Right. If you listened to if you listen to this thing, you owe us. <laughs> well, heads up. Next week we are going to be talking some Mandalorian season two. This is the <laughs> way. Pew, 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 I really can't, can't believe wait. that that's already here. Uh, can't well, wait. Get greenlit for five seasons. I'm so Dude, excited. Really? Yeah. Oh. Be sure to tune in next week uh, for our Mandalorian season two pilot episode discussion, which I'm so excited about. Zach, I mean, technically every episode it's in is a pilot episode. Mm, It's true. Zach, pun count. (laughs) Well, with that one, we are at eight. (laughs) That's what I got. Hey, two Uh, weeks in a row. Wow. Wow. Sweet. Two weeks in a row. Awesome. It's a very conservative pun. Probably because he didn't have a lot to say because it was Parks and Rec. So I was like, all right, might as well count puns. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw a pig fly past the window. Hey, this was was puns and rec. Does hell feel cold to anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) Temperature just fell. (laughs) Well, hey, guys, that's all we got for you today. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you later, dadgum nerds. Peter Butter Buffs for Din Din. Bye, bye, little Sebastian. Bye, everybody. Game over. Be sure to check out Dadgum Nerds on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to know what the dads are up to, get the latest updates on the show, or constantly laugh with us along the way, then you can find us on social media at dadgumnerds.
That's at dadgumnerds, spelled D-A-D-G-U-M-N-E-R-D-S. Catch you later, dadgum nerds.